Glory to God. All right, let's go. Let's go to John chapter 19. Or maybe Matthew chapter 19. I'm really excited about this. Verse 4. That's a long reading. Maybe I will just maybe I will just jump. And verse 8 says something. And he said unto them, This I'm I'm just jumping. Maybe from verse 7. And they said unto him, Why did Moses then give us a writing of divorcement to put her away? So the background is this that um you know you can just divorce. And Jesus Christ said, Well, you can divorce, but you can't just divorce like because those guys who just get married for two years and be like, Hey, I'm done, divorce, I've done what is right. So Jesus Christ said, No, 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 you can't divorce the way you call divorce. You know, some people go to the extreme and say divorce is a sin that's extreme, that's not biblical. But some people say you can divorce for everything, that's also an extreme. So see what Jesus Christ said. Now, I don't want to go into the theology of divorce because that's another big thing by itself. But this is what Jesus Christ said. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart. See, it says, Moses, because of the hardness of your suffered, is an old English word says allowed. Allowed it to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. So, what he was saying was this. The idea of putting away was not the original idea. But because of the hardness of heart meaning something if i can change the way my heart is i can change the state of my marriage if i can change the way my heart is one big lie that people that struggle with their marriages believe and people that have strong marriages don't believe is this people that have strong marriages believe my marital destiny is in my hands People that don't have strong marriages believe and struggle, they believe it's somebody else. So they, every time you talk to them about their marriage, they say, it's that person. It's that person. I hear it all the time. People that have strong marriages believe that, oh, it's something that I have to do. People that have weak marriages say, it's the other person. And Moses said, the reason why, the reason why God gave you that latitude is because of the hardness of your heart. See, in this teaching, you're going to learn one very powerful thing for all of you that are married or dating. You're going to learn why all marital excuses has never worked for you. Sorry, all marital solution and advices has never worked. Singles, you're going to find out why you keep attracting heartbreakers. You're going to find out why you keep attracting heartbreakers. And for those who are married, you're going to find out why marriage is so difficult. So, if you want to call this teaching something, I want to call it, why is marriage so difficult? Why is marriage so hard? Why is dating so hard for those of you that are single? Um, you know, there's a card I'm meant to get. I want to show you because next week you need to bring your pen to church. I'm going to give a lot of you a, a, a card you're going to feel for yourself. And you're going to take it home. You're not going to submit it. Take it home. You're going to work on it by yourself. You know, um, is that the card they're giving out there? Please give it. Please don't give it out again. Don't give it out again. I want them to get it next week. You know, yep, you can give me one. I need one myself. I need one. And I need my glasses. Do you have the glasses also? Just bring everything together. No, no, no. I, I, I need my glasses. I, I know. Thank you. I just need the glasses. You don't need to. Yeah. So next week, everyone is going to get this card that has five, five or six questions. Either single or married. 
and it's going to ask you questions that will reveal the state of your heart. And that's why I said, if your friends have all of you online, we're going to try to make an online version available because it's a self-reflection question. I'm going to use it to teach for the next one month. So everybody's going to get those cards next week. And that's why all of you that are watching from home, but you can actually make a physical center, that's the best thing you can do at this moment. Find a way and get into the services. All right. So let's turn into the second scripture. John chapter, um, sorry, um, first Samuel chapter 15. This is good. Please, you need to go slowly with me because I'm going to get there. First Samuel chapter 15 in verse 10. And this, I will read this background. I can read the whole thing, but you can go back. The Bible says in verse 10, Then the word of the Lord came unto Samuel, saying, It repented me, like I have a change of mind, that I have set up Saul. I love the way the King James put it. He said, I have set up Saul. See, sometimes when God is in your life, you think it's you because you don't really see that physical hand of God, but it's an orchestration of God just putting you up. Look at the word. God says that because Saul thinks, I don't know how we think he was chosen. He just thinks he bumped into Saul. He just thinks, I bumped into Samuel. God says it was not a bump. It was actually a setup. God ensured that the ass will go missing. God ensured that the father would tell Saul to follow, to follow the servant. God ensured they didn't find it. It was just an unnatural journey. And God says, all of that journey, I was setting him up. You know why? Because many of you don't see, many of you that claim you don't see the hand of God is because you've not looked carefully. When you look carefully the way things have gone in your life, gone in your marriage, you will see that there is a set of that's a good time to clap, shout, and say amen. No, no, he didn't say, but say amen. He said, I've set up Saul. He said, I've set up Saul to be king. For he turned his back from following me, and he has not performed my commandment. And the Bible says, and the thing grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And you know, the next thing, the next day, Samuel went to meet Saul, verse, verse 13. And Samuel, and Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said, see, see Saul's perspective. It's amazing. Perspective is very powerful. What did Saul say? Saul said, blessed be the Lord God, because God told Saul to go and attack a country and wipe out everything. He says, wipe out everything. What did he say? He said, blessed be the Lord God, I have performed all the commandments of the Lord. Is it not amazing how we have this perspective? Question to you, what do you use to judge if your perspective is right or wrong? Because the biggest mistake we can make as human beings is to say, this is the way I was trained. The right perspective is not the one you think is right. He's lining up the perspective with the word of God's perspective and checking it out. Someone says, you know, you know, um, I don't see a reason. I don't see a reason why, you know, I don't see the reason why I should come to church every Sunday. You're right. But that's a good perspective. But can you check with God's word? Someone says, I, I don't see a reason. I, I don't see a reason why, you know, um, why if my wife does something, I can't take it out on her. I understand that you want to revenge and tell her your mind, but check the perspective of God's word. What is God's word's perspective? So Samuel said, Saul said, see, I perform all. And it's amazing because this is also what happens. So there are Christians that come to church and say, it's okay if I do not, you know, I can come to church once on a Sunday. How do you define it when you can come to church? How do you define if you should be a tighter and not a tighter? How do you define if you should be a giver or not a giver? How do you define how far is far? It's your perspective. So he says this, he says this. He says, I perform all the commandments of the Lord. Then someone asks a question. This is the trick question. <laughs> what did someone ask? Hey, someone asked, what minute this? What was this? 
the bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear. <laughs> because the background is this. Let me read to you. Don't let me just give you the background. And, and Saul said, so someone asked, what does this mean? Can you ask, say that after me? Say, what does this mean? That's where I'm going to stay. But let me give you what he was asking about. He said this. And Samuel says, the Bible says, and Samuel said, they brought it. It's amazing when God asks people to take responsibility, how they point at somebody else. The marriages or relationship that fail always point at the other person. The marriage or relationship that succeed always point at themselves. You know the problem with the single people? They keep break, blaming the boy for breaking their heart. You're responsible for choosing an idiot. Take some responsibility. You keep blaming your husband, you keep blaming your wife, but you're responsible for choosing that person. This is wonderful. He says, as soon as God says, hey, this is what it is, he says, um, they, 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 they brought it. He said, they brought it. He said, they brought them from the Amalekites. For the people, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to do what? To sacrifice unto God and the rest were utterly destroyed. And Samuel said unto Saul, because what God told him was to kill everything. He said, no, 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 no. We, we use our own wisdom. We, we became smart. It's not good to kill everything. You know, there's also a hidden agenda there because when you bring some to sacrifice to God, you can keep some for yourself. So many of you, when, when, you, when you want to date, dating is a place you take God out of it. When you're married, marriage is a place you take God out of it. You know, a lot of people pray about their marriages, but they never let God have his way in their marriages. So, a lot of single people are here right now, and some of them are watching online, and you're really exhausted. And the thing is this, I know you're really exhausted, but have you done what God said to do about you being single? Have you done what God said to you to do about being married? I know you're tired, but you're tired, but, but all of, some of the single people, you, I know you're 30-something and you're single as a lady, and you're freaking out, but the truth is this, have you forgiven your ex, that one that lied to you, that broke your heart, that did all the nasty things to you? He said, said, Pastor, don't go there. How can I forgive that idiot? God says, not forgiving because it's worthy of forgiveness, forgiving because I forgave you. And here we are, we are in that place. And the people that are in the marriage and your husband did something two years ago. Your wife did something three years ago. And you're struggling. And you know the thing, Christian thing, Christian go like, you know, I've forgiven, I've just moved on. See, most people that say they forgive as a Christian, it's not true. They just put it by the corner. So let's just keep reading. <laughs> and someone said, and Saul said, I brought this thing. And it's, it's amazing how we can have half obedience. I want to ask you, are you a half obedient Christian? Who's a half-obedient Christian? I do the things of Christ when it's convenient. I pray when it's convenient. I come to church when it's convenient. You know, um, you know, I date another Christian when it's convenient. I tithe when it's convenient. You know, I sing when it's convenient. Saul so said, hey, what happened is this. I, I did it all that God said. God said, half-obedient. But that's not where I'm going to. Let, let me read maybe just one more thing to you. Oh, wow. Verse 22, someone said this heartbreaking words. This is heartbreaking people. I, I want to fix your eyes in your Bible on the screen as you read this. And, and someone said, has the Lord great delight in bond offering and sacrifices? As in obeying the voice of the Lord? He said, what God tells you to do is not as important as why he told you to do it. 
He said, what God wants for you is not that you get up and pray every morning. It's the fact that you obey. What God wants is not that you throw your check into the offering basket and say, I'm tightened. It's the fact that you trust him enough to obey. He said, does the Lord have the light? Does the Lord have the light? So the question is this, what does God have the light in? God says, I'm looking for your obedience. And, 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 and the next thing he says is this. He says, behold, this is the one that struck me. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. Look at the next verse 3. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. If you rebel against God, God says you are practicing witchcraft. He says, you want to know how big that sin is? Witchcraft. Those guys that fly at night. He said, the next thing is this. And stubbornness. And this is big. This stubbornness is like iniquity. Not just iniquity. And what? Idolatry. People that worship idols. And if there's something that breaks marriages the most, it's called stubbornness. So let's go back. And this is where I want to take off from. Saul asked Samuel, what's the meaning of what I'm hearing? Why I'm saying this to you is this. Because whatever you, meaning you give things, determine how you respond to it. That's what I'm going to. Whatever meaning you give things. So, so I want to give an example. So just imagine if you see me this, if just imagine if you see me this way, I want to give an example. I come to church this way. What would you think? Oh, nice. Pastor has nice shades. Some of you are like, oh, wow, that would be loud. Why? It's what it means to you. If probably you live in Western countries where the pastors even wear t-shirts and sometimes sweatshirts to preach, you think that's not a big deal. But guess what? If I do this, and I start preaching to you, oh, wow. Why, why, is, that so dis- why is the pastor that way? You know why? Because... In the African culture, people that have bones and shades, they are not like godly people. Godly people are meant to have old school glasses. You know, it, it's what it means to you. That question, which one does God like? This, which one does, which one is heaven bound? These glasses or these glasses? Which one? Both means nothing to God. I'm not even sure you can wear both of them in heaven. But how come you think this is holy and this is not holy? It's, it's the meaning you give to it. It's the meaning you give to it. So today, as we start our marital teaching today, either as a single person or what a, a married person, the first thing is that, see, we both see the same thing. And let me tell you something. The way some of you think this is right and this is wrong, some people see nothing about it. So it's not even what you're seeing, it's the meaning you are attaching to it. So it's the meaning you are what? Attaching to it. It's the meaning you are attaching to it. So if I wear this right now, just imagine, which one to take my picture? No picture does today. You know, you know, if you're gonna take my picture, put my picture, this is how possible I can preach today. Oh wow, that guy is how can a pastor preach that way? Because in your, in your mind, this is not, this is not godly, this is not Christian, this is not heavenly. You know, but if I change the glasses and wear this one today, you know, maybe I'm going to borrow past these glasses for a minute. You know, if I wear this kind of glasses today, you say, oh wow, oh, okay, maybe pastor, pastor looks a bit serious. Then if I wear some of the glasses, because it seems as if with my change of glasses, I look more holy. But what I'm saying is this, the glasses in itself say nothing. It's the meaning you give to each glass that determines what it is. What is so, so when Saul came, Samuel came rather to Saul, when he heard the bleating, nah, 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 
The people, the ordinary Israelite came and said, wow, they had victory. They had, my God, this is good. We smote the Amalek. We took possession. When Samuel came, he had disobedience, 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 disobedience. They, they both said the same thing, but had different things. What is the meaning? What is it the meaning to you? Why is meaning important? Meaning is something that's perspective. Perception determines reality. So watch what I mean. So the moment you see me and you think that's not what a pastor should wear, and I wear this, you know why you're going to say, hmm, pastor, pastor. It, why? Because you think I'm a non-serious pastor for wearing dark shades. Because that's what it means to you. I'm a non-serious. Can I get my bottles? Let me get my bottles, please. Can we make it quickly? Let me get two volunteers. Let me get two volunteers. I, I want a girl. and I can get a husband and wife. I, I, are you guys couples? Oh, fantastic. Please come. Oh, wow. Okay, the two of them are blue. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I want to... Good. So, I just have those bottles. Just come, come and drink. Yeah, yeah, come, 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 come. So, so watch this. Of course, you know what these are. These are, these are my kids' water bottle. That's what they are. Just drink. Just drink. Take off your mask. I want to face the camera. Just drink. Take off your mask, please. You know, and just drink. What's going on? What's going on? Hold on. Switch bottles. Switch bottles. Switch bottles. Then drink. Watch their facial expression. You have to stay with it. <sighs> the guy must spit on my seven note. Praise God. Watch this now. Watch this. This is a local concussion in Nigeria called Abu. This one. This is just water. Because the guy tasted water first and he gulped it. The next time I gave him the next bottle that looks like water, he just took it and was going to gulp it. As soon as he go, oh, then she tasted the local concussion that is bitter first. As soon as she tasted the first, she was cautious. Because that was her first experience. But when I get out the water, guess what? She was also cautious with the water. Why am I telling you this? Are you getting this? What I'm telling you is this. The first way you see marriage will determine how you feel about marriage. The first way you see marriage is going to determine what marriage is to you. So he had a nice drink. He was he was like water, you know. He, boo, 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 boo. So when he got the when he got the one nice look, he just boo, boo, oh, far. Then she had that bitter experience first. So when she had the bitter experience first, when what was not bitter came to her, she could not receive it as non-bitter. She, she was cautious. She was careful. Because there was, because to her, everything that comes in blue on this stage is bitter experience. Listen to me. Marriage is not good or bad. It's what you attach to it. And the question today is this. What minute this?
What meaneth this? Did you see? I wish you can go back and watch this online. Some of you have to tell your friends to watch this. You have to go back and watch it online yourself. What does this mean? Did you see the reaction? Did you notice? Did you notice the reaction? She, she's not drinking water, but she's drinking the, the water cannot hurt her, but she's drinking consciously because all of a sudden the meaning she gave or what she experienced began to affect her response. Thank you. Let's go ahead and glory to God. So when Israel had the bleating of the sheep, some of them say, Our king is powerful. God had disobedience, disobedience. Why am I saying this to you? Your response is based on the meaning you attach. Why am I saying this to you? Listen to me. Why I'm saying this to you is this. Have you asked yourself what marriage means to you? See, there are single people that already have what marriage means to them. And the thing is this. The same with the guy spelt it out. They find themselves, the same with the lady is cautious. You are so cautious even without experiencing. Because you have tasted it without tasting it. And let me tell you something. Ever look up here. All of you online, you need to connect to this. The reason why marriages advice don't work is this. You don't do what you know. You do what you feel. So when you feel negative about your marriage, this is why all, listen to me, take note of this. This is why people go for marriage counseling, talk to their parents, talk to their friends. They know everything to do. Why don't they do it? You don't do what you know. You do what you feel. Just like we don't buy what we need. We buy what we feel like buying. This is good this morning. This is, this is breakthrough this morning. Because this is the reason why many people say, your husband is not changing. You've seen the pastors, you've seen the counselor, you've even seen the Pope, and he's not changing. The reason why it's not changing, there's a fundamental way he feels. And you know, the human mind is so powerful. Why is the human mind powerful? If your human mind labels something as disaster, no matter how logically you think it's a good thing, you still will not go towards it. Your mind is going to prevent you from going there. And someone said, what is the meaning? Someone says, let me hear the meaning that you have. Let's examine five meanings that people call marriages. And I'm going to start from the negative. Next Sunday, it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. And it's going to blow up. The first meaning is this. This is the first meaning that people say. So I ask people, what do you think about marriage? From a very deep place. What do you want to be sincere? And most of the people that I ask says, marriage will limit me. Is that familiar? Experience your hands if you've heard that before. <laughs> is that not the predominant thought on social media? Is that not what people are pushing? That hey, hey, marriage limits people. See, I'm not saying that it that, that's what they're saying is not true, but listen to me. So this is how it affects you. So so in fact, a girl told me, say, you know, you know, I'm just very careful about marriage because I don't want anyone to dominate me or tell me what I can do or what I can do. So in a way, marriage leads me. Watch this now. So in your mind. You said marriage is a prison because my, that's what the prison is. It what limits people. As a single girl, how will you date? The reason why is that if it's time to take decision towards dating, your subconscious mind that controls you says marriage will limit you. So you will find yourself, although you want to marry, taking steps away from marriage because in your mind you say marriage will limit me. And that's why have you noticed something? The most driven ladies are often very single. 
Yes or no? Because, listen, most of the driven ladies place high premium on career achievement, on wealth and success. And because they also make things sometimes, marriage can leave them so unconsciously to them, they want to marry, but they take steps away. They take steps away from marriage because in their mind, marriage limits me. And let me tell you something. If that's the way you feel, you gravitate towards what you feel. You know, you know the people that are drunk, if I want to help them, if I want to destroy their mind right now, I just tell them, well, one of the things that was mixed with that drink was the, was the, what they call it, the dead skin of a snake. They will feel like throwing up. Although that's not true, but just because it's something I said that produces a feeling, they will respond to it. It's not as if they want to. They will just respond to it. One time, I ate something. I saw said, well, just know you're eating snake. I said, ah! See, before they told me, I was okay. But the moment they told me I'm eating snake, I began to behave. The moment you know that your thing that might limit you, you behave in a way that says, I don't want to be in limitation. And when those people get married, so let me give you how this works for those who are single. So when all the girls are dating, this guy comes up and says, I like you. And for some reason does something, say, I can't date him. Why? He will limit me. And meanwhile, sometimes it's not as if the guy will limit them. Limits is just what the frame or lens they see men from. They just see it. It's a frame. So when they're at work, they don't see limitation. When someone wants to ask them out, they just put on that frame. They will limit me. And the frame affects how they see things. Question, what frame are you wearing for marriage and relationship that affects how you see things? Because everybody's wearing a frame. The second thing is this. What happens when they eventually get married? When they get married? Every suggestion to prioritize the family, if they are women. I'm talking about women first. I'll come back to the men. Every suggestion to prioritize a family be like, ah, you want to take my career? You want to kill me? Ah, you don't make a woman. See, they cannot even process it emotionally because it's almost as if they're carrying an, a, 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 like a fear, like a wound. If you touch it, they, they respond. And I say, that's not what I'm saying. You, they cannot even process logically because there's a fear there. The second thing is this. What about the man? This is what the men do. So you ask the men, hey, you're 35. Are you not going to get married? He said, no, 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 no. no. I'm not going to get married yet. So I'm trying to get everything first before I can marry. Because in their mind, if I marry, I'll be distracted. Because that marriage is a big distraction. See, what I'm saying is this. This is what I'm saying. Have a look up here. You can be negative about marriage and have a positive marriage. Principle of life. Whatever negative is minus, anything minus multiplies becomes minus. So today you think your husband is a problem. Today you think the men are the problem. Today you think your wife is a problem. Today you think your mother is a problem. You think money is a problem. The question is that, are you sure you are not the one that is seeing life the way it is? So because of exactly how you feel. And that's why I say, what meaning are you giving to this? How does meaning come? Meaning comes from the things we hear and see. 
So you hear about this huge divorce on social media. You hear about this. I read about some news about some guy that is all over trending right now. You hear about this news. And with, so there are single people. I mean, there's a single lady that we're talking about like, eh, marriage. Hey, I'm very careful. Oh, I didn't want someone to just be telling me nonsense. I say, why does, see, the feeling, it's not even what you want. Why is the feeling that someone will be telling you nonsense? Why is that the first that comes to your mind? Meanwhile, God says two are better than one. How come you don't think that way? The truth that as marriage limited some people, of course, yes. But the question is this. Listen to me. If you want to succeed in business, you don't pay attention to all those that their businesses failed. And when you pay attention to them, you don't pay attention to them to learn their failure, to, to become a failure. You pay attention to what? To learn and overcome. But you, you are absorbing so much information from negative people. You become negative, but you want a positive marriage. You can be negative on the inside and get a positive marriage. You can be negative on the inside and get a positive marriage. The second people, why people marry. And this is the second feeling. It's a question, what does it mean? Let me give you my personal story because <laughs> I wish I was perfect. You know, when you want perfect people from perfect homes, see someone like Pastor DJ, see Pastor Fojo, PC Pastor John, Pastor Jerry, those are people with perfect, you know, my family, no, 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 no. We're not that perfectional where I came from. No, uh-oh. And I remember when I was getting close to getting married, one of the simple things God told me was this. This is, and it's amazing because many of you are praying for God to tell you to help your marriage, but God is giving you instructions, but you are not following them. And God told me, He said, This person is a close family friend. Go and stay with him and see how a normal family works. Because you, there's a mental picture you have of marriage. For some people, it will limit me. The second people, marriage is necessary evil. What's necessary evil? Um, you know, the next thing to do is to man. I know it's not a great thing. And this is why this generation is fighting it. Because marriage is not necessary. Because he's like, uh, why are you not married? The next thing to do is to marry. The next thing to do is to marry. It's, I, I know it's not a great thing. The next thing. So it's like, it's like a box I want to think. It's like a box I want to think. Everybody, why not? Everybody's getting, let's just tick the box. I need to hurt me, but let's just tick the box. And listen to me, just the moment that lady knew that what she was drinking, what she drank first, was an African bitter concussion, she was careful about it. The moment you think that marriage is necessarily evil, what do you do? You're going to be careful. You're going to behave in a way that way. It will even affect who you want to marry. So you say, what do you want from this marriage? I don't know. Just let's marry. You know, it's, that's the face of life. You know, so you hear people say that, you know, when I get to 34, when I finish this and this and this, I'll marry here. You know, I will marry. I'll start looking for a boyfriend and marry here. I, you know, when you say things like that, I'm like, really, you're so powerful. You mean you can control the other person and they will be waiting for you all their lives or they'll put their life on the pulse and just enter inside. They just, I'll marry here. You know, just marry here. He said, I don't have time right now. When I, I'll marry here. I'll mar- marry here. But because in your life, it's just a face. And that's why you notice a lot of people get married. But don't know why they want to marry. That's the truth. A lot of people are married, but they don't know why they're married. You know why? Have a look up here. Nothing sustains a marriage like when you have a vision. That's what we share about your marriage. I'm telling you. Because when everything breaks apart, you remember your vision and you stay together. That's why this is going on air. 
Have you noticed how the Clintons have stopped without a divorce despite the fact that they've gone through hell together? Yes or no? Why? There's a bigger vision than what the hell they are going through. So no matter what the husband and the wife do, the wife will warn him, stop doing this process. But you're not going anywhere. Stay here. Because there's a bigger vision. I don't want to be elaborate because this is going online. The wife will say, stop that nonsense. Stay. Husband will say, stop. Stay. Because there's a bigger vision. If we divorce, it will affect something that two of us are interested in that doesn't affect. But you don't have a bigger vision. You can always divorce next tomorrow. What does this mean to you? So I went to live with my, this is my family friend and I, you know, one of the shockers I got is this. So because I didn't come from a, I was raised by a single mom, although my parents were not separated, but my parents lived apart because my family was polygamous. So in my life till I died, I've never really seen my father give my mother money for anything before. As a matter of fact, my parents paid my, my mom paid my school fees for a part of my life. Also my father felt, okay, I should be doing that. And my, both my parents were wealthy. So, so that, that's one story. So, so, you know, I went to stay with this, my family friends, and within the first one month of staying with them, the lady walks in the bank, the husband also walks in the bank, the husband is more senior, and when I stayed with them, you know, the lady just came to the sitting room where I was just with the guy, and he just laid on his head and said, well, I'm going to make my hell, you have to pay for it. And the guy just counted like maybe 40,000, and said, go and make your hair. I said, eh? Hey? Eh? Let me tell you something. What you think your partner is doing to you intentionally, he might just not know he's meant to do it. That's one. Then two, he may know he should do it, but because he's not been trained to do it, that is not his first perspective. He's going to drift towards second perspective. I was shocked. I said, hey, huh? why is he giving that money to make the hair? She's a banker. She makes a lot of money. Almost a manager in a bank. But because I haven't seen it, it was not real to me. So, so some of you, are, some of you, you think you're Partner is asking for too much. It's because they've not just seen it. And that's why I said, what does marriage mean to you? So, you know what marriage means to people? Some people, children. So as soon as they have children, you can go your way, I can go my way. Because the marriage is actually just about what? Expansion. Biological expansion. What does marriage mean to you? Some people, marriage means pain. I spoke to a guy last week and I said, why don't you want to marry? He said, because of my parents. I said, what am to your parents? He said, their marriage was just pain. That marriage was just wrong. See, when you grow up in a marriage that you know that you see as pain, although you don't want pain, but because you see marriage as pain, you saw how your mother was mistreated. You saw how your father left. You saw what your mother did. You saw all those things. Subconsciously, what happens? It will affect the way. And when you see people, singles are delayed, when you begin to have conversations with them, these are some of the reading. You meet some ladies, they are just so strong. So strong to date. You ask the girl, let's go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go out, yeah. We'll go out at 3 o'clock. You'll pick me up here. This and this and this. Don't worry, I'll call the car for the two of us. We'll take us there. See, you're meant to be a lady. You should not be doing that. Oh, I grew up in the family where her father left. I learned to stand for myself so that no man can mess me up. So that's the way why I am the way I am. The challenge is this. Because this is the way you define marriage as pain. You will always have pain because Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I was shocked that my friend would give his wife money. That was when I learned for the first time, give your wife money. Because 
I had to. See, if your marriage is going to change, forget all the things you have to do. Nonsense. Not at the first level. The first thing you have to do is this. Is to begin to change the way you think about your marriage and the way you feel about your marriage. See, it's the way you think about your marriage. The way you what? Write down, write down, write down, write down. All of your life, you have to participate. You have to change the way you... If, if you're going to start dating and break that single thing and delay, you're going to change the way you think about marriage, the way you feel about your marriage, and the way you think and feel about your partner. There are men that once their women, their wife comes in, they say, mm, that mm, means Ijokmode. Ijokmode is my local language. It means trouble has landed. There, there are some men that once they show up, they say, hey... Or that means that terror has entered. See, the moment you see him as terror, what do you receive? Terror. You would not wonder, how come that man plays with everybody outside the house? But he doesn't play with us at home. Because what you see is terror. So, it's the lens in which you see your husband. It's the lens in which you see your son. And the reason why you feel that way, you're not crazy. The reason why you feel that way is that there are evidences that proves that this guy could be terror. But he's not terror 24-7. The other people that seem as playful, see the playful side of him. What you have to do is to take up the lens in which you look at your marriage. Take up the lens in which you look at dating. Take up the lens in which you look at men and women, your husband and your wife. Change the lens. Move from, move from this dark, wicked, selfish, you know, biased lens and change to what? Change to this lens the way God sees it. Once you change the lens, you change what you see. When I wear this lens, you guys look darker. Are you guys darker? No, is the lens I'm wearing. When I wear this lens, you guys look brighter. Are you brighter? No, it's the lens I'm wearing. If I change to a convex lens, you guys look bigger. Are you bigger? No, it's the lens I'm wearing. Question, what lens are you looking at marriage through? Let me say something. This is why, this is why, this will be the best relationship series for you. Because it's not focused on, do this, do that, do that, do that. Question, you can't do what you're not convinced of. That's why when you sit down with couples and you tell them, okay, so do one, two, three, four, do four, five, six, give them three months. They return back to what? Status quo. The husband will even do what you say he should do. The wife will interpret it negatively. So the wife has not been cooking. So the wife now changes, now cooking. Hey, this food, I'm not poisoned. Because, because this is, listen to me, it's amazing. It's a, because Jesus already said this all along. Jesus Christ says that the problem with the Pharisees and Sadducees is that they want someone to change externally without changing what internally. He said that like a tomb, the tomb, you can paint a tomb from the inside, but the inside of the tomb is what? Is rotten. You can paint the tomb from the outside, but the inside of the tomb is rotten. So, when most of us want to fix people that are delayed, single ladies, single guys, we tell them that, ha, ah, you are single. It's because you don't know people. Let me make you meet people. Just wear booktube, wear miniskirt. Just be shaking like, shake, shake, shake. You say, you'll find people. Hey, let me connect you. You connect them, everything breaks apart. Because you don't fix a problem from the outside. You fix it first from the inside. And this is the reason why a lot of marital problems are not working. Solutions are not working because people are trying to fix the marriage first on the outside instead of sitting on the inside. And this month is going to be special for you. You know why? You will know why you're single. The, the single service at 12 o'clock, blow. Blow, blow. Next week, bomb. Everywhere, drop in. You drop, you drop, blah, 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 blah. bomb everywhere. And this evening, I hope by 8 o'clock, by 9 o'clock, I'm going to do an Insta live. And I want to take live questions. You need to follow on Instagram. 
I don't take live questions on Facebook. Just, just follow. I'm going to take live questions. So, what, how do you change your marriage? That's what we're going to go to next week. That's why you have, you have to feel all of it. Next week in physical church, you will get the card. So, you want to say, how do I feel? Why? If I feel marriage is pain, my automatic response is what? Is to arm myself and be defensive. If I see marriage as limitation, I become a Nelson Mandela, a freedom fighter. Hey, 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 free Mandela, free Shinene, free Shinene, hey, 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 free Shinene. If I feel, I see marriage is a necessary evil, I'm not looking for someone to love as a single person, I'm looking for as an item to add to my life, because that's the face of life I'm in. The way you see marriage is going to determine your response. You know the last thing? If I think that marriage is just a place for total peace, or marriage is a place for escape, mm. Most of you, you don't like you want to escape through marriage. That's why, have you noticed when you're married, you don't like to argue with your wife or talk things out with your husband? Because in your mind, no, we shouldn't. A marriage is not a place where you talk things out with people. It's a place of perfect harmony. Oh, baby, I love you. Oh, sugar, I love you. Oh. <laughs> Listen to me, because it's your way. So all the family problems you have, all the problem you have with your relationship, you hope by marrying you will find this person that you never fight with, this person that understands you totally, this person that will love you regardless of who you are. If your mother cannot love you that way, you mean a man or a woman will love you that way, stop deceiving yourself. And that's why most people enter into marriage looking for love. I'm going to talk about that. We don't enter marriage looking for love, you enter marriage coming with love. You know why? And I'm saying so because that's how I believe. Marriage was an escape. I, 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 I didn't even foresee my marriage. We arguing. So for the first month and year in my, in my marriage, when my wife is talking and arguing, I'm exhausted. I don't want to talk. Because I'm like, this is not what marriage should be. See, you don't understand. I'm, I'm the guy that fasted like 21 days to get married. Like, Lord Jesus. Because I thought that if I can find the will of God, you know the will of God? That perfect marriage. Strong marriages know that the strength of a marriage is not really based on who you marry. It's what you do in your marriage. Weak marriages think the strength of a marriage is based on who you marry. And that's why people that marry the first time and divorce, marry the second time. By the time divorce the first time, the second time they marry, their, their risk of, their probability of getting divorced is at 75%. Because they keep thinking change the person. You don't change an external problem. Or for some reasons, you have to change, but not all. If you're divorced, have you sat down and asked yourself, what is it about me? Because I don't want to carry that thing into the next relationship. So, escape! So when my wife will engage me and talk to me, and engage me and talk to me, I don't have to say, because in my, in my mind, marriage is not a place you can argue, it's a place where you're like, do you want to jump? Yes, how I? Everything should be, yes, how high? Yes, uh, because I had this force. Because after having gone through all those rejection in my family, I thought that this was a place of total acceptance. <laughs> I didn't understand. If you feel rejected as a single person when you feel married, you also what feel what rejected. And I couldn't talk, and that not talking made our relationship just break apart. Until I learned that in love you have conversation, a lot of conversation, a lot of conversation. Let me close with this. 
See, disobeying is like rebellion. Stubbornness is as a sin of idolatry and witchcraft. Are you going to begin to make amendments today? Or you are going to hear this thing and say, Oh, well, that's a good sermon. That's it. Or you're going to give excuses why it doesn't apply to you. I, I know you are from Mars. You're not from Earth. Or you're going to pause and say, I'm going to go back and watch this thing. Get my partner to watch. Get my friends to watch. Share with your friends. All of you that are watching, share with all your friends on social media. I said, they need to watch this. And I'm going to create a plan to change how I feel about marriage. Let's pray. Will you stand on your feet? And Heavenly Father, lift up your hands towards heaven. I want to, I want to surrender and say, Lord, I surrender my wrong perspectives. And it doesn't matter how the marriage has been. The problem has been there for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. A journey of healing can start today. So I surrender my perspective that have affected me negatively. Some of you had really hurt already. It's not just hurt, it's a hurt and perspective. Say, Lord, I need your help. And that's what just has come. To change mindset and to heal broken hearts. And Spirit of God, the Bible says you sent your word to heal people. Today, Lord, let your word begin to heal. Let your word begin to heal. Lord, I'm praying that people can be vulnerable today. People can be honest with you. And the Spirit of God, you take the word and do something mighty. I pray for those watching online. I pray for those in diaspora that you change them in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.